Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We are one week away from uh, the municipal election. Uh, and a very important municipal election. It's uh, um, it's going to be an election of change, certainly, because there are some new faces, simply because uh, some of the incumbents are not running anymore. But quite aside from that, uh, there's a discussion about issues. And you know what the big one is. But there's one that is bubbling under uh, and, and deserves more con- conversation than it's getting right now. And that, of course, is the idea of, uh, of area rating. And it does of course, in a big way, tie into transit. And I don't want to get into the LRT issue today. That's being discussed, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, later in the week. But what about the rest of the transit? What about how we pay for it? It's been a very contentious issue from day one, right from the first day of amalgamation. It hasn't been settled yet, and there there is some speculation that it may be on the docket when the uh, new council finally sits down and starts to look after the business of the city. Will it be a divisive issue again? Let's uh, get into the discussion right now. Larry Deany is a former mayor, actually former Stony Creek councillor before he was a Hamilton councillor, and of course Hamilton mayor. He's now a lobbyist at the city of Hamilton. He joins us to talk about this. Larry, good morning. How are you today? I'm well, Bill. Good morning. You remember the discussions we had way back when, that first amalgamation uh, city council, and, and we talked about how we were going to try to create a sense of fairness, and, and maybe you could walk us through exactly how we got to the point of, of adopting this area rating policy. Sure, and uh, it, it's a very important policy, but um, it, the moment you start talking about almost people's eyes glaze over because they just don't understand it. But to put it in simple terms, uh, and you got to go back to the forced amalgamation when the Harris government sort of said to the, to the suburbs uh, and to Hamilton, we're going to join all of you. Uh, you're already a regional um, uh, municipality. We're just going to make you a one city. Uh, and there was great reaction against that by the suburbs, of course. Um, some of it still lingers today. Uh, but one of the ways that the government of the day tried to soften things was by saying, look, uh, we realize that there are levels of service differences in uh, in uh, um, the uh, the regional municipality now, so that uh, the services in the inner city and in the former city of Hamilton may not be the same as in the suburbs, and so we're going to institute this one plan. And this is what area rating is all about. If you don't get a service, you don't pay for a service. And nothing illustrates that better than HSR. There are other examples in recreation, and they've dealt with some of those. But uh, nothing nothing um, uh, exemplifies that, that policy better than public transit or in the city of Hamilton, HSR. And, and that was a new I- and a novel idea at the time because, I mean, previously, whether you lived in Flamborough or downtown Hamilton, you paid for policing, you paid for fire, you paid for, tra- et cetera. And, and, and this was uh, obviously to try to assuage some of the concerns that, uh, that some of the other rural residents had. That's right. And, and of course, um, even though, and policing is a great example, right? We are a regional uh, system. We all paid for the police and the police didn't come to every part of the municipality um, um, as often as some others because they respond to need. They respond to emergencies. They respond to calls. Uh, but occasionally you'd see a policeman, you know, in, the, uh, in what some people unkindly called the hinterlands in those days. And so that, and, that's, and that's the issue, Bill, that, that with HSR, you know, if you, if you take uh, Rockton, for example, um, it doesn't have HSR, uh, I don't think, and, and it doesn't want HSR um, as well. Um, and so consequently, uh, forcing them to pay for a system they neither want or need 
uh, would be seen as not fair to them. And therefore, this, uh, this system seems at least to provide some fairness in terms of if you don't have a service, you don't pay for the service. But here's the dilemma that the council finds itself in. You know, everybody sort of agrees that public transit is important. I mean, we're having that whole HSR, uh, that whole LRT debate, which is about public transit and other things as well. Uh, everybody agrees that it's important, but uh, who pays for it is the question that often comes up. And the advocates of uh, those who want to do away with area raising um, say that, look, unless you put more money in the system, you can never improve it sufficiently to get service to areas that don't have it, I may appreciate it, but may appreciate it once they do get it. And so the only way they see as being able to provide a fair system that's updated, that's well-financed, that spreads across the whole municipality uh, in some way, just like policing, is to put more money into the pot. Therefore, everybody's got to pay. What about those elements, though? And you just touched on a few of them, because and there are other areas that say, we don't want it. I don't want to pay for it, and I don't even want it. Now, there's always going to be a, a, a minority of people like that, but do, do they have a voice in this debate? Well, and they should, right? And they have a voice through their local counselor. So, you know, Rockton's a perfect example, because now they've gotten rid of a, uh, a discrete counselor, a unique counselor, a counselor that was elected by the citizens in uh, in the Flamborough area that represent that 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 uh, community as well, and and they they've sort of rolled it in with Dundas and uh, and uh, some water some uh, water down and also some Ancaster uh, representation, which which is not a bad deal except that there isn't that one counselor's voice that responds directly to his citizens. Uh, so it's up to the rest of council uh, and the mayor specifically to be the honest broker and to walk us through carefully, both by explaining what's happening as well as not overtaxing people so that there's a tax revolt, and we've seen some examples of that. But it is a dilemma because um, however you slice this, somebody's not going to be pleased. And, of course, I live in the suburbs. Now, I live in the urban part of Stony Creek, uh, where we do have HSR service. We've always had it uh, to some degree, and we pay for it. Uh, but it's not in some areas of my community as frequent as in other areas, and so we pay a little less. And so if they did away with area rating, I would be wholly affected uh, by whatever increase uh, would be spread across the municipality. And that's what rankles some folks who say, well, you know what? I really don't need that. In fact, some people don't like the LRT, and they're making that very same argument. They're saying, I'll never get on that train. They don't see it as a, as a city-building exercise, as a fairness exercise, as, a, as a, an infrastructure renewal exercise. It's all about me. And, you know, we tend to see life through our own personal lens, don't we, and especially mm -hmm. if it affects our wallets. Let me ask you, though, uh, as, as you recall, when that discussion was being had by that council back in 2001, 2000, uh, it was not unanimous. There were some people on that council that said, no, this is a dumb idea, and you're just going to make people want this, and you're never going to get rid of it. And there was even some talk, well, let's just put a sunset clause on that. Uh, but, and so we ended up with what we've got here as a result. But there are still voices on this council, Larry, that don't think this is a fair system and want to see it eliminated. Uh, and I'm getting the sense that that may be a growing number. And I, it looks to me as if we're getting into another city versus rural split on this council. 
Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part. And in fact, if you recall, Bill, when we first amalgamated, uh, and there was, um, you know, and the concern was that there would be this swoosh of uh, of dollars from the suburbs to the center, uh, which which never really did materialize. But there was a period of adjustment, and in fact, there was a three-year phase into any increases, if you remember. Yeah. And and there were some others on council, and I think, and and I was not one of them, but I think they had some wisdom to what they said. It, you know, they used the analogy of uh, of uh, removing a Band-Aid from, from you know, a, a, a sore in, on your arm. You know, you rip it off, your it, it hurts for a few seconds uh, or a minute or so, and then it's gone. And three years, uh, you know, removing a Band-Aid over three years prolongs that pain over that time. And in fact, those increases, um, as modest as they might have been, were felt, but they were felt over three years. So people were upset for three years. And once they were fully integrated then they were forgotten about. And the same argument was made with HSR. Look, let's just get rid of area rating, bite the bullet, and uh, and life will go on. Uh, except those of us who were elected in the suburbs uh, wouldn't so much as bite the bullet, but we'd take a bullet, we thought, politically, uh, if, if that were to happen. And so we maintained that regime. And And, you know, there is a fairness to the regime because... Gosh, it just sounds awful to say if I get a service, but I don't pay for the service, I still have to pay for it if I don't get it. And, and, and that doesn't sit well with lots of people. On the other hand, and again, I go back to the policing or the firefighting um, uh, regime. Uh, you know, thank goodness I don't need to call the police uh, because uh, there isn't the need to do that because no incident has occurred. Or I don't need to call the fire department because the no incident has occurred. But I pay for it because someday I may have to avail myself of those services, in which case it's only fair to then pay for them because they're on standby. But there's another element to that. And, and, and you know, you can relate just to the provincial thing. I mean, whether or not you have kids, you still pay into the education system. And exactly. policing is a great idea, too. Uh, and and the, the the explanation for those usually is, look, at it's it's for the good of the community. You may not use it, but you want to live in an enhanced community, and that's what you do. Is transit at that point now where we make that argument? I, I, I know we talk a lot more about transit, and to their credit, the, the past city council invested a little bit more in transit than they usually have. But is it at that issue right now where we'll say, yes, it's a necessity for a community? You know, I, I think at the intellectual level it is. Um, I don't think there's anybody that would say that public transit is not needed or wanted uh, or desirable in a modern city. And enhanced public transit and good public transit, reliable tra- public transit, I think people at the intellectual level would say, yes, of course we need all of those things. But then you get to the nitty gritty. You get to the, uh, I pay my taxes every year and I see the escalation there. Uh, and, and I don't like that. Like everybody wants a service, but nobody wants to pay the taxes. And unfortunately, the two are linked. And so council has to do a good job, this next term of council, of explaining where we are, having a fair debate, engaging people, uh, setting up some mechanisms to educate but also, and this is key and important, and, and again, I, I don't want to bring up the LRT debate again, but, but maybe, maybe um, you know, the, the, the whole BLAST network of which LRT is a component, uh, educating people into how is it going to, over time, improve my lot. And maybe I won't need the bus, but my grandchildren might, my, son, my children might, uh, you know, uh, my, my, and I'm a case in point. My son, when he went to, I live in Stone Creek, but my son, when he went to McMaster, had a car but didn't drive a car because it was convenient to get on the bus. 
and drive into Mac because it was rolled into their fees as well. So if we are educated into how over time enhancing a system would benefit all of us in a personal way, as well as, you know, the intellectual, we want to see the city be the best it can be way, I think that's the way to go. But there's a chicken and egg argument here, Larry, and that's the problem. Uh, the only way that we're going to elevate it to that level where we look at it as a necessity is to improve the service. In other words, make it more convenient and affordable for people, for more people. But that takes money, and where's the money going to come from? Well, and that and there's the rub, right? Uh, because uh, the, you know, in because you know, you know, the electors, you know, the citizens are going to say, "Look, at, I I'll, maybe I'll pay a little bit more if I knew it was a better service." But the response to that is, "It's not going to get better until you give us some more money." And and that's the chicken and egg, uh, and, and there and therefore the the horns of the dilemma. Um, however, uh, you know, money is being invested in HSR. Uh, improvements are being made. I think sometimes the worst uh, offenders in terms of uh, those who, who criticize the system incessantly are those who ride it the most. And I get there. I, I get that. I, you know, if your bus doesn't come in your, and you have a, to go to your job and you rely on that transportation, you're going to be pretty upset. But, but sometimes those advocates also don't see the benefits and don't see the improvements being made because they think they have to often and always criticize in order to get more and more improvements. And I think we need to have a balance there uh, where, um, you know, the fare box has to pay its fair share. Uh, the, the local government and local taxes have to contribute, as well as other levels of government as well have to contribute. And certainly the federal government seems to be doing it. The provincial government was doing it. I don't know whether public transit is is uh, uh, a a priority with this current government remains to be seen uh, but you know the partnership uh aspect will improve the system more than the uh, wailing about it uh, might we got about a minute left here but this is this is going to cross the the lines here of so many other issues it, like, yeah you got into the lrt thing and you can't have a discussion about transit without that but even the ward boundary debate that council kept kicking down yeah. the, the road for years and years, the de- the, you know, the argument from the, a lot of the rural councillors always was, look at if you give the inner city an extra ward, they're going to gang up on us. And and yeah. I, and now that concern, I've talked to some of the people running, they're very concerned about that now, that because of this ward distribution, redistribution, that this issue is going to come up again because they think if we got the votes right now. Well, except, except, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I hope it doesn't come to that, but that no. seems to be one of the fears. And, and, Bill, you were perhaps one of the best examples, not the only example, when you were on council of being fair-minded about whatever policy we're looking at rather than looking at the parochial end of it only. But but I, I, I've got to tell you, that was the fear, and those who were lobbying hardest for um, a one more seat for the uh, old city of Hamilton um, wanted it to be in the downtown area. And, of course, the population is all uh, south. It's all up on, yeah. on the mountain, and that's where the, the new seat went. And frankly, I've seen votes um, um, uh, align more uh, with the suburbs because, you know, if you take the, the new Ward 14 or the uh, Ward uh, uh, 8 um, uh, component, it uh, has a lot of constituencies that have more in common with the Ancaster, uh, Glanbrook area than, than the lower city. And sometimes the vote split, splits that way. So I hope that, that it doesn't become a parochial us against them. We are a united city, and we need somebody at the helm who will bring all of the sides together, whoever that might be. Uh, and all of the councillors have to look after their bailiwicks, no question about that. 
but they have to have a bigger picture or a, an eye towards the bigger picture. Uh, and that's the corporate interest, the city interest. Exactly. Well, there's a storm cloud down the road there, and we'll just see just how it well, quickly it develops. Larry, thanks as always. Appreciate the time today. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Former Hamilton Mayor Larry Deany. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.